Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Moves with Coombs podcast, bite-sized wisdom to re-inspire your relationship with movement. My name is Griffin Coombs, and I am not your average fitness coach. Yes, I'm a certified personal trainer, corrective exercise specialist, yoga instructor, and martial arts and self-defense teacher, and I've spent well over a decade in the world of exercise, nutrition, and well-being, but I believe that fitness has been too narrowly defined for us, and that most people's quantity over quality approach to exercise only helps us to keep those blinders on. You can truly achieve a strong, sexy body and move in a way that actually inspires you if you look beyond the way we're conditioned to relate to our own physicality. So if you're interested in exploring an authentic and sustainable approach to movement, or if you're interested in leveling up the quality of your fitness, or if you're just ready to ditch the bicep curls and treadmills for a fresh new perspective, well, welcome to the conversation. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Moves with Coombs, episode two. Thanks so much for being here, being part of the conversation. We're talking about the four pillars of fitness today. The greater conversation, of course, being how to design a fitness routine that fits your life, not just aesthetic goals, but a sustainable approach that's going to be enjoyable and effective and benefit your overall health for the rest of your life. I am joined today by my next door neighbors, the rooster and his choir of seagulls and small chirping birds. They will be voicing their approval sporadically throughout the episode. Other than them, it's just me again. So in episode one, we talked about what's the best form of exercise. And we're gonna use that form of exercise as the foundation moving forward for how we design our fitness for the week, for the month, for the year, whatever it is. Today's episode, the four pillars of fitness, now we start to look at how different exercise activities, different types of exercise, different things we might like to do, how they actually benefit our body, what purpose are they serving. And once we can look at something through that lens, then we can know where the gaps might be. And if we so choose, how do we fill those gaps? So this is going to be a guide for different categories of fitness through which I look at training that helps me make sure that I'm checking all the boxes for an effective, balanced training regimen. The way we prioritize these, it's going to be different for everybody, but it's a great anchor, a great compass to come back to when you're thinking about Okay, so what is this actually doing for my body? Should I be doing more? Should I be doing less? Should I be doing something different? Should I be adding something, uh, mixing with something else? I really recommend coming back to these four categories, these four pillars as your foundational guide for what's my exercise doing for me. So let's get started. Pillar number one, we call the strength or resistance pillar. So this one's pretty straightforward. As you can imagine, it's anything where you're outputting force against a form of resistance. It could be a free weight, a weight machine, a resistance band. It could be the ground with your body weight. Uh, You get the idea. Now, if you know a thing or two about fitness and strength training, right now it doesn't really matter what type of strength training 
strength endurance versus power versus maximum strength. This is a really general outlook right now because it needs to be flexible and adaptable. So if we get too specific right now when we're looking at our our foundational compass, our guide, then we become limited. So right now I'm talking about anything that the primary purpose is to activate your muscles and to put out some force. Um, Some examples of common activities that are focused on the strength or resistance pillar, bodybuilding, Olympic weightlifting, powerlifting, certain strength-based types of yoga, TRX resistance training, calisthenics, you get the idea. Um, Pillar number two, we call the conditioning pillar, also known as the cardio pillar. And as you can imagine, exercises that fall under this pillar are ones where the primary purpose is to get your heart pumping, get you breathing heavy. So again, if you know a thing or two, we're not really concerned about which energy system we're using. It doesn't really matter until we look at specifically what we're training for. But right now, if we're talking about, okay, what are generally the types of exercises that serve the purpose of cardio and conditioning, uh, that's the use of this pillar. So common examples would be uh, running, cycling, indoor or outdoor, uh, dance classes like Zumba, um, step classes, pretty much most group fitness classes have a pretty heavy element of the conditioning or cardio pillar. Martial arts training, some team sports with lots of running built in, especially continuous running built in, things like soccer, tennis, where you have the continuous sprinting back and forth, um, any type of sprinting, really, or any type of running. Um, so you get the idea. Anything that's the, the purpose is to get your heart rate going, breathing nice and heavy, expanding the lungs' capacity to draw in air, oxygenating the blood and the heart's capacity to pump that blood to the rest of your body. If you're doing that for your body, then you're primarily touching upon the conditioning pillar. So I'm just going to take a quick side note here. As you can probably imagine, there's no exercise that only touches on one pillar, right? If you think about a spin class, a cycling class, it's primarily for most people going to touch on the conditioning pillar. But of course, there's resistance going on with your legs and the bike. So there's going to be overlap. This is not cut and dry. This is not black and white. What you want to think about is for every activity, what is it doing for you more than it's doing anything else? Um, So that's what I mean by something primarily touching on that pillar. Let's move on to pillar three. Pillar three is what I call the mobility pillar. Mobility is sometimes confused with flexibility. I think flexibility is a more common term. So let's dispel the, the confusion around mobility versus flexibility. Now, flexibility is part of mobility, but it's not the whole picture. Flexibility means tissue being able to stretch to an end range of motion or however far it can stretch is basically how flexible that tissue is. Mobility is more comprehensive. 
because it involves your ability to actively put a joint in an end range of motion or a stretched out range of motion all on your own without the assistance of gravity or an external force. So I'm just going to give you an example of what that looks like. If you picture somebody doing a front split, so they're down on the ground, one leg is sticking out in front of them, the other one's sticking out behind them. That's an example of exceptional flexibility. But they're not doing anything really active to keep themselves in that position. So it's only part of the picture. Gravity is the force pulling them down, and the resistance that meets that force underneath them is the ground. So it's very impressive. I can't do it. It's exceptional flexibility. But compare that to a professional dancer who's standing upright, and all on their own, they lift their leg up, not using their hands, just using their leg, lifts it all the way up, parallel to their torso, toe pointing up in the air. Now that's pretty much the same range of motion. It's like a split, but just turned 90 degrees standing upright. But the difference is they had to use all of those hip and core muscles to bring that leg up all on their own into that stretch position and hold it there with lots of control. So that's a more comprehensive look at mobility. So That uh, little education session aside, we have pillar number three focuses on mobility training. So lots of types of yoga, types of professional dance, like the example I just gave, stretching classes, uh, warm-ups and cool-downs for other types of workouts fall under the mobility pillar. Anything where you're working on improving your range of motion and also improving your ability to move through those range of motions with control on your own. Mobility is a super important pillar. A lot of us know in theory that we should be working on it, but I've found in talking to a lot of people, colleagues, clients, etc., that it's a really hard one for people to discipline themselves to do. We're hopefully garnering more of a holistic outlook on fitness where it's not just about the strength and the conditioning pillars that everybody's familiar with because those are the ones that are focused on when it comes to get shredded quick, lose weight, only have 90 days before your body's ready to be put in a bathing suit and paraded around on the sand. Hey, I'm a a fan of looking good. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But remember, there's more to it. And if we neglect the others, it's going to catch up to us. So there's my little plug. This podcast episode brought to you by the Mobility Pillar. Try it now. Pillar number four is one that I don't think people do, but I don't think it's because they don't want to do it. I think it's because most people don't consider it. And that's what I call the motor control pillar. Motor control is basically your brain's ability to communicate through your central nervous system, the rest of your central nervous system, to make your skeleton do things. So it's the mind-muscle connection, and it involves skills like balance, coordination, agility, timing, proprioception. And it's so important and only becomes more important as we get older Even if you're young, of course, it's important for performance to be better at what you love to do. Improving your balance, stability, coordination, all of those skills is going to help you. 
And this isn't just for high-level athletes. Usually the people who focus on this are only high-level athletes because it's usually the difference between being pretty good and being really good, being really good and being great. But as we get older, our cognitive health depends on training, balance, coordination, etc. And it, of course, just makes things a little bit more fun and interesting. So pillar number four, often the most neglected, think long and hard about how you're incorporating brain training into your physical training. Um, examples might be things like slacklining, parkour, breakdancing, all of these things that sound really, really difficult to do if it's not already your thing. I understand that. But even a five-minute session of putting yourself in weird, fun positions and trying to stay balanced and stable would be a form of training this pillar. It doesn't have to be super complicated or impressive to the outside observer. It's just about what you're training, not about what it looks like all the time. So those are the four pillars. Let's review. These pillars are our checklist for how we are getting a most balanced and effective regimen in our lives. These are all important for their own reasons and not one activity only incorporates one. But when we think about what they're doing for our bodies and what purpose they're serving in our fitness regimen, then we can figure out how much of each activity we want to do and build our, build our training protocol from there. The pillars are, number one, strength and resistance, where you're just working the muscles, force against resistance. Pillar number two, conditioning or cardio, getting your heart rate up, lungs breathing in air, heart pumping it to your body. Pillar number three, mobility, where you're working on range of motion for your joints and your ability to actively put them there and control them. And finally, pillar number four, the motor control pillar, where all of those little mind-body athletic skills come into play, keeping our bodies and brains healthy in the long run. So think about the activities that came to mind from episode one, and just have a think about where they might fall for you in this four-pillar frame of reference, and we will talk in episode three about how to use this frame of reference to start really filling the gaps and building a comprehensive approach for our weekly, monthly, yearly training. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. I really appreciate your being part of the conversation. Uh, if you're so inclined, your support would be so helpful via a follow, like, subscribe, or share of this podcast. And of course, join me on social media for more tips, more parts of the conversation. I am Moves with Coombs. And if you're interested in training or online classes, you can reach me at those platforms, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, or you can email me at moveswithcoombs at gmail.com. Wishing you all a great week and keep moving. Moves with Coombs. Coming at you.